uh, with the likes of Mark Zuckerberg and others on Capitol Hill answering questions. Uh, all in the background with family members who held up pictures of their loved ones who lost their lives based on all that goes on with social media these days. Uh, Dr. Anthony Anzalone happens to be a clinical psychologist at Stony Brook Medicine. Uh, very passionate about discussing some of the healthy social media practices, all to keep our kids safe. And uh, Dr. Anzalone uh, is uh, welcomed on the show, and we say a good morning to you, sir. Hope it's all going okay. Good morning, Jay. Thank you. Thank you for having me on to uh, discuss this uh, very important topic. I think it is, especially in light of what's uh, happening on Capitol Hill these days. And, you know, quite frankly, you know, you go to you come away with a feeling that these uh, zillionaires, you know, they answer the questions, but they're kind of tone deaf. You know, they don't really understand the consequences of what has taken place where they could have operated a different way. And they they didn't, doctor. Um, but. You know, these kids, in my estimation, have been put in harm's way for quite some time. You know, it's it's a cruel world we live in when it comes to those types of tactics on social media. Yeah, I guess it's an interesting point, whether they didn't understand or the the facts were there and it, it's kind of willfully turning uh, the other cheek uh, or turning the other way, because we, we've been knowing for a while what the, the damages that that social media and just screen use in general has on, on the developing brain. So the research has been out there for, for quite some time of how it impacts brain, how it impacts children uh, on all levels, behaviorally, emotionally, cognitively, neurologically. It's, it's all out there. So uh, I think these companies are finally having to, uh, uh, you know, address the elephant in the room. No question about it. What did you think of the speech given by the mayor? Uh, he gave a little bit of an address regarding some of this stuff. What was your reaction to that? Yeah, I'm thrilled that there are politicians and people in positions of power that are making this a focal point of discussions. I mean, when you have uh, when you have Democrats and Republicans seeing eye to eye on an issue, you know we're in trouble. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is what parents are saying, that their number one problem isn't vaping, it's not smoking, it's not school safety. But but according to, to a recent poll, it's, it's Internet use. It's the perils of social media and and how to keep kids safe online. So so this has been a problem that has been continuously growing over the past decade or so, and now we're just starting to give it the, the attention it uh, deserves. And I think Mayor Adams' uh, speech kind of uh, uh, it, it can maybe start a fire that, that on, on all different levels we need uh, we need some sort of intervention, just you know, starting from the micro level of the family, going to the school, the community, local and state federal levels of government and and of course those responsible in in major tech companies so so i think that uh, his battle cry is is sorely needed we need universal strategies we need strategies to to get those kids that are at risk and those kids that are already engaging a lot of problematic uh media usage that are um that are being impacted whether it be emotionally again or neurologically no doubt about it dr anthony Anzalone, our guest clinical psychologist uh, it's Stony Brook talking about uh, what's happening in the social media world. So what about parents? You know, uh, listen, most work two jobs, each one. Uh, sometimes kids are home from school. They, they hit the, the screen and everything else. I mean, how do you do it? How do you, how do you possibly manage your kid's screen time? A, if you're not home, even if you're home, uh, what, what, what do you offer? 
Yeah, it's such an excellent, excellent question, Jay, because there, there's just kind of practical uh, limitations here, right? You know, during the pandemic, a lot of us had to, to work from home. Our kids were at home, and there's just not a lot of resources. And, you know, some people have more resources that, than others. I, I think a lot of it is what, what the proactive strategies you do with your kids, being able to work with them to, to educate them first and foremost on on uh, the implications of excessive screen use time and to be able to start cultivating something else for them to do because screen use is just such a, such a, a cheap meal. I like to say that, that going on your devices, it's, you know, fast food isn't good, good food isn't fast. You're going to go on your device, you're going to get that cheap hit of dopamine, but it's not going to be the thing that kind of lasts for a long time. So being able to work with your kids and uh, developing, cultivating from an early age other activities, being able to talk to them especially uh, and work with them, setting rules and routines, uh, being able just to have uh, different options, uh, resources in the community that, that kids can go to, especially communities uh, in need where they, they can have uh, alternatives because if the only alternative around is, uh, is the screen. Uh, you know how, how much can we how much can we expect a developing brain that sees a big shiny object that's that's a constant dopamine machine uh, to stay away from it? So it it it's such a it's an ongoing issue that the parents are having with with their kids. But it always starts with just kind of collaborating with your kids, coming up with different uh, alternatives for them to really cultivate a sense of mastery. Because once they start getting into that that screen use, it, it's just uh, cheap reward. And, and that's going to have an impact neurologically on, on their development. Yeah, no doubt about it. Listen, I'm not a doctor, nor do I play one on the radio. But, you know, I, <laughs> I see what goes on in our society. And I see the decline uh, from a cognitive standpoint regarding our young out there. Um, I have to assume part of that, the correlation on brain development and mental health, is that what one absorbs via social media? And we know a lot of the stuff out there is detrimental and everything else. Uh, and I know that your focus as a clinical psychologist, uh, that is a focal point as far as what you're observing, I would think. Yes, absolutely. Uh, again, you're looking at the... This is such a multifaceted beast that we're trying to curtail because on the one end, you're having kids uh, really engage in excessive screen use and it's creating uh, threats to their attention. So you're, you've got your kid that has to uh, do their math homework, but they because they've been on screen so much, they have such a razor-thin uh, level of dealing with boredom. So they go on their screens, and they go on their screens, and they don't want to go back on math homework. Uh, then they go back to math homework, and it's really difficult, so they keep avoiding. So it creates a cycle of avoidance. Then on the other hand, you'll have kids that are going online, and as you pointed out before, cognitively, they're not getting the accurate interpretation about the world. I mean, teenagers in general don't, don't always have the best uh, accurate, rational uh, views of the world, but then they're seeing a very distorted view of the world or they're being exposed to uh, stimuli that's very damaging to them, whether it be, you know, what, what we heard uh, on Capitol Hill, parents who have kids that were exposed to uh, a lot of 
media related to uh, eating disorders or just uh, being bullied, a lot of racism. <clears throat> so uh, it, it's kind of the wild, wild west out there. And we're having kids go into this, this arena where they want to search for something, they, they can find it. And, and again, tech companies have to be held responsible. There needs to be a way of protecting our youth as well as on our level being able to educate are you being able to let them know these are the things that might be out there? This is how you can deal with it. These are the supports that you can get. And that's, that's the interesting part is that, you know, the problem can be the answer. That if tech companies really cared about uh, helping our children, uh, there's a lot of ways that, that they can do so. What, what I found interesting, though, is most of the, uh, the tech company spokespeople were, were talking about what they did to implement safety rules. What I didn't really hear was a lot about allowing other researchers, allowing a lot of uh, uh, mental health professionals and researchers in that domain to have access to the data to be able to help our children. And that's where I'd really like to see the changes. Let them work with us, not kind of against us, to, to help uh, uh, protect our children and, and kind of uh, provide them the, the skills and the training they need to be more uh, digitally healthy. Good point. Excellent point. A couple of minutes remain with Dr. Anthony Anzalone, clinical psychologist, talking about the harmful effects of social media and kids and everything else. You know, I think about uh, posts related to suicide, docs, self-harm, disordered eating, racism, bullying, cyberbullying. We have had numerous discussions over the years on this program. Um, what's it like sitting down with a parent and a child who are kind of going through this together? And, you know, you, you get a sense that you want to pull the child back into reality. Um, but it's a really tough effort, without question, with all that goes on out there. Uh, you know, it's like a magnetic pull, you know. How do you how do you start a conversation with a child? When I say a child, the child could be 15, 16, uh, for all we know, even younger, I would imagine, in some cases. Uh, but how do you start off a conversation? I guess the easy way to answer that is how not to start off a conversation. And, and we know for, for a lot of the literature, it's, it's really control strategies don't work, being able just to, to take away the devices. There's, there's always another way uh, for kids to access material. So uh, it really starts with, with one, make, making sure that the children and the parent or the caregiver have that relationship where they can talk openly. So a lot of times, even just facilitating uh, ways to improve that parent-child relationship, but being able to, to have that, that quality time to sit down with your kid and to ask them about their media, to, mm. to, to develop that trust where they feel that parents can, can talk to them uh, non-judgmentally and, and listen to, to the things that they're going through. So a lot, lot, most of the research shows that if you want your kids off of screens, uh, it's less about control strategies. It's more about uh, having... Uh, good family therapy to, to improve communication so that way you can sit down with your kid and just say hey tell me what it's like what is, what is it like going online what are the things you're seeing out there what you know just get joining with them getting in their world so that way they'll they'll give you some information uh you know teenagers like their their privacy we, we understand that uh but being able to on all fronts this is not just families when you're saying what can families do families need to, to talk to their kids to have that relationship they need to be hearing this on multiple levels. There needs to be education in schools, in homes, like I said, on all different levels. Yeah. Kids start building that awareness so they feel more comfortable talking about what's going online. 
uh, listen, I always say it starts at, at home, Doc. It really does. Yeah. And parents parents have to do a better job. I know, listen, we all lead better lives. Very busy lives, brother. <laughs> uh, but we have to remember our children. Uh, yeah. It is so I important for their development was- that we pay a little more attention to what goes on in their lives. And, and, you know, I get it. We work, we work, we work to pay bills. But, man, I'll tell you, uh, we've dropped the ball along the way in, in a lot of ways. Uh, very important yeah, stuff. Very important conversation. Um, listen, you have a platform here anytime you need it because I think discussions are key, and we must keep these communication lines. Uh, for those listening right now, uh, Doc, uh, how can people get in touch with your services if they need some help here? Sure. So I work at Stony Brook uh, Medicine, Child, and Adolescent Psychiatry Services over in Stony Brook. Uh, the phone number there is 631-632-2428 or 632-CHAT. And that's what we will continue to do is chat and make sure, uh, hopefully, we put our kids uh, on a better road with all this stuff going on. Uh, can't thank you enough. Great weekend. And uh, we will chat down the road, I am sure. <laughs> 